Hey, you want some cupcakes? What about some cookies? How about some delicious cakes? Of course you do, because you're not a dummy. You know this is the perfect time to snack up. So do yourself a favor and check out Tailored and Crafted. They're a new Chicago-based online bakery that brings you an amazing rotating menu of mouth-watering treats. Here's how it works. Every few weeks, they offer a variety of homemade cookies, cupcakes, and more. You email them at hello at tailoredandcrafted.com and place a big, fat order. Yes, yes, and yes. Then, you cruise up to Rogers Park on the designated day for a convenient pickup. Bing, bang, boom, you're eating treats just like that. To find out more about their latest mouth-watering choices, shoot on over to their website at tailoredandcrafted.com. I was told I should spell that. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D-A-N-D-C-R-A-F-T-E-D.com. And then jump on over to Instagram and Facebook and give them a follow at Tailored and Crafted. We'll go. We'll do it now. And pick me up some cookies. Tailored and Crafted. Baking. Exploring. Creating. Hi. I'm Sarah Beth Tanner. Who the fuck are you? Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met We'll talk about the things they say and do There's a question posed to old and new Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Kevin Alvis, and you are listening to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? My, oh my... It's been a fucking week. I hope everyone had a lovely holiday and a lovely coup, and I hope that you all are getting everything you wished for so far. No, it's all still broken. Anyway, I'm very excited for our guest this week. She is an actress, a beautiful singer, a glass artist, but most importantly these days, she is making incredible food and teaching you how to do it. She's a dear friend of mine. Please welcome to the show, Sarah Beth Tanner. Hello. Hello. Hey, Sarah Beth Tanner. Hey, back at you. Hi, Kev. It's nice to see you. It's great to see you as well. It's been such a long time. it's weird because even without the pandemic, sometimes it's hard to catch up with people who live in the same city and not too far from each other. Uh, and it's yeah. been a while since we've been able to catch up. So I'm glad this has uh, worked out in our favor. Me too. Me too. What What are you drinking? Uh, tonight I'm having, um, I'm keeping it simple. I'm just a little Captain Morgan and some Canada Dry ginger ale. Mm. The best ginger ale known to man. Mm. Hello, sponsorship. Thank you. <laughs> just, <laughs> Just tag, just tag them in it so they'll know what's going on. I'll I'll push their product till blue in the face. What are you having now? Are you having a cocktail or are you just having, does that look like um, some hot tea? I have some tea in my Phyllis from the office mug. This was one of my <laughs> favorite Christmas mug. presents this year. <clears throat> a I'm, a, I'm a real Phyllis. This is my first podcast. Is it? Yeah, I've never done hey. an interview and I don't do a podcast. I love to listen to podcasts, but this is my first one. I'm excited. We've known each other, I think it's going on like 15, 16, almost 17 years. I was going to say maybe even 20 because 
I remember you came to see Amber, my best friend, um, when my freshman year of college. What year was so it? Was that, that 2000? Would have been 2000, mm. either the fall of 2000 or the spring of 2001. So that would be 20 years ago now. Was that the night of the, the infamous night of like when we got super trashed? Because I think we drank like two cases of beer between four people. Yeah, and, and we think, played cards, I think. I think we played cards all fucking night and just I think we drank a case of beer, went yep. and picked up another case of beer, and then drank that beer. Yep. It was in y'all's and I think it was in her dorm room. Her dorm room, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was just like that was 20 years ago, man. Oh yeah, that was 20 years. So we've known each other for 20 <laughs> years. How long have you been here now? How long when did you move here? Uh I moved here February first, twenty thirteen. Okay. So I think that means my eighth anniversary is coming up or like yeah. my eighth. I will have completed seven years, which I can't believe. Life moves pretty fast. Uh, but uh, it really does. I was talking about you the other night because I was fucking impressed with how you came into Chicago. Uh, because oh. uh, initially, I mean, at, at the base of everything, when it comes down to it, you are a actor, singer, musician. And yes. like a lot of us, you came here for the theater and arts scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough, it's a tough gig to break into. You kind of kind of have to know the right people, mm-hmm. find the right stuff, things like that. And I remember talking to you before you came here and you were like, I'm coming to Chicago. If I'm not mistaken, at that time, you didn't have a job, but you didn't, and you were going to get one you, when you got here, but you didn't want a fucking office job because office jobs blow. Uh, mm-hmm. And also you were like, I'm going to come and I'm going to start, I want to start doing a whole bunch of musicals. And I was like, <laughs> you're not going to find a job. That's not an office job. And you're not going to find a lot of musical theater here because this is Chicago and it's a lot of new works and, and just story plays and things like that. So you are probably not going to find a musical theater <laughs> company to work with. That's off that often at least. Uh, and so I hope everything works out for you and good luck. Uh, and then you got here in like two weeks later, you're like, so I got cast in a musical and I got this job working at a glass company blowing glass beads. And I'm like, what? the fuck are you even talking about and then next thing i know it was like another musical and another musical and you're like i'm also working at this pie shop and i'm I'm baking over here and now i'm teaching blowing glass and like you somehow came in and you just made you made your life happen for you 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 found the things that you do and then attached to it in a uh, either an arts way or a job income way which is really impressive to me well thank you Wow. And you know, actually it, I, I don't, I, I don't really think of it that way, but to hear it from that perspective. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I do want to talk a little bit about your acting and stuff. Cause I think you are a fantastic actor and I think you are one of the most beautiful singers I've ever heard in my entire life. Were you, did, were you always struck with the, the bug to perform and sing? Uh, or was oh, that something yeah. hit at a certain age? Was there an influence that sprung it out of you? How did that work out for you in your life? Uh, well, like so many people will tell you, I grew up singing in church. Of course. Um, I, my you're mom originally is from Alabama or Mississippi. I always forget. Well, kind of both, but I, I grew up in Alabama, okay. but all my family, like my parents are from Mississippi. And then as I kind of grew up and went to college, my whole family, almost my entire family migrated back to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I was in Alabama, but as an adult, when I go home, I go to Mississippi. Gotcha. So I yeah. kind of, I claim both. Gotcha. Really, yeah. As they're, home. they're kind of like mirror images of each other. So it all works out, you know, they are, they're very similar. <laughs> so were you, uh, were you singing like, were you in a Baptist church? Was it, were you very Southern oh, Baptist yeah. or were you Southern Catholic? Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. Okay. Yeah. You could sing, but you couldn't dance. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> don't you dare don't you don't dare. you dance don't let me see you having a good time that's right no um, i mean you yeah Mm-mm. so what but age did mom, you start what did oh your mom threw you into singing oh yeah my mom is an incredible musician she plays okay. the piano by ear Ooh, okay. um which is you know just maddening because i could never play the piano um and she has a gorgeous voice and she was um she i hate to say like entertainer because that's not that doesn't really do it justice, but my mom, uh, when I was a kid, would travel and entertain. She was like a speaker okay. slash, almost like a like a Christian stand up comedian. Really, who also sang and who you know told told hilarious family stories to the women's groups of Southern Baptist churches all over the South. How have we not talked about this? This is amazing. I don't know, but uh, I grew up traveling around with her because she would just, you know, put me in the van and take me. And uh, so I saw, I watched her act or whatever, you know, a million times. And she, she was an entrepreneur in a way where she just kind of like built this career for herself. And that, that kind of parlayed into this um, like, uh team building corporate thing where she kind of moved away from church groups and more yeah. into the corporate sphere. Um, but that's really how, I mean, I grew up singing with my mom okay. and in church and then uh, in qua- like in school choirs and stuff. And I just, I, I knew from like fifth grade, like this is, this is what I am into this is what I, this is what comes naturally to me, mm-hmm. I think is really more what it was. Cause I did not enjoy, you know, whatever PE or, <laughs> no, no um, and I, I liked school, but I was never just this like major into like academics. Mm-hmm. Um, I did okay, but like, you know, uh, so yeah, that was really, it It was mainly church and my mom. And, um, I think just a natural predilection to enjoying. I really, I loved watching musical movies growing up. And, okay. um, what was your yeah. favorite, what was your favorite to watch growing up? What, do you remember, oh, like, when, was there I the mean, one? When I was a little kid, it was Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, my little oh, sister was, for sure. yeah. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was perfectly timed for me as a little kid. And then um, my sister was totally, my younger sister was absolutely obsessed with, um, uh, oh, shoot, mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz. I couldn't think of the name of it. The Wizard <laughs> of Oz. obscure cult classic. Oh, you not, know. Not Maybe many people heard have heard it. about it. It's a very supernatural story <laughs> of a young woman coming of age. Um, so I, th- I think I ended up just hearing that movie hundreds and hundreds of times when I was, you know, 10, 11. And um, then my first favorite Broadway musical was um, The Phantom of the Opera. Oh, you're a fan. Of course. The Phantom. And it's not because I felt like, you know, it's not because I was like um, an educated musical theater connoisseur. It's because I have the CD. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where it came from, but I had it and I listened to it over and over and over. Uh, and I, I just, I loved it. I loved the high drama of it, you know, and uh-huh. um, I just, I loved the voices and um, oh yeah. Oh, I totally loved it. And th- that was enough for me to like totally be lost in musical theater. 
that, that locked you in. You're like, that's, that's what I'm doing. And this is my favorite musical of all times. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time, and <laughs> there was also, um, I don't believe it's still there, but there was the Alabama Shakespeare Festival yes. in Montgomery, Alabama. Yes. yes and yes. every year when I was in high school, we would go on field trips. And I remember seeing shows in high school and just being like this, I want to do that. I want to be that part that that's the job that I want. I want to be on stage. I want to be telling these stories. I want to be in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. I want to be singing. I want to be making people feel the way that I feel right now. I love hearing those stories about how the arts affect people when they were young, the thing that catches them. You know, I love everybody has kind of, it's, it's always similar stories, but very different stories of what yeah. it was and how it was introduced to their life, whether it be church or, you know, just on a whim or like my first foray into acting was the school pageants. Um, at the end of the, at the end of every year, there was a graduation and there was a sketch skits and stuff like that. Or I remember, I think it was in fourth grade. I was cast. Uh, I was, I was the lead in Rumpelstiltskin playing Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Oh, in, in, well, in, well. in the play that took place in our cafeteria on this giant wooden quote unquote stage that I'm sure some dads came and built, you know, it just had sure. some stairs up the side and stuff like that. And I, <laughs> I remember wearing green tights, but it was so much fun. And people were like, you were awesome in that. And they had a great time. And I was like, Oh, I kind of, I kind of dig this. And then got older and was like, I want to make movies. And that's where it all went down the hill, but it just hearing everyone's different clicks into it. It's always, it's always nice. So obviously it's enough to keep you going through. I, I you went, when you went to college was the, the arts and theater, your, your focus and degree, or was that kind of a minor for you as well? Yeah. My degree was in musical theater. Um, straight I up. was a few, yeah, just straight up musical theater and was a few, few credits short of a studio art minor, which is where the glass came in. Oh, okay. Yes. Cause I, that, that is not a trade that a lot of people carry these days. And, and I can understand how getting into that is kind of, it's very much obviously a choice. I don't think people just fall into blowing glass, but um, so I, so it sounds like you were taking classes like that in college is where you kind of got that skill or. Yeah. I, uh, when I was in high school, I made a lot of jewelry uh -huh. just as a hobby, just something. Cause I've always been handsy craftsy uh -huh. and um, uh, my aunt who I, I kind of think of as my fairy godmother, she's my third parent, had a friend who is a glass artist. And, um, I don't remember exactly who it was. It might've been my aunt or this glass artist. Her name is Elizabeth Robinson. She's amazing. You all should look her up spirit house glass in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> um, I just, I, one of them, I remember looking at my jewelry and being like, this is fine. You know, this is good it looks like you bought all your stuff at Joanne's because you bought all your, all stuff, your stuff at Joanne's. At Joanne's yep. <laughs> so if you want to make interesting stuff, like from scratch, you should learn how to make beads, glass beads. Mm -hmm. And so I got connected to this other glass artist and I did this like week long kind of, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't call it an apprenticeship because that was, I actually did apprentice later, but this was just kind of like a, um, I don't know, like an intro kind of thing. Kind and of I did it for kind of deal. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Like a workshop, like a week long workshop where I worked with this one artist and um, it was part of a 
Oh goodness, this is a long story, but I guess this is this is this is the point. Um, it, at school, we had January terms where you had this like one short little term, mm-hmm. and I think of the four that I was there, I was allowed to have one that wasn't a musical theater show. Okay, because, <laughs> um, I had like because I was on scholarship and I had you know I had certain requirements that I had to do, so I took this one and did a um, glass intensive where I like made my own jam term out of glass blowing or it's called lamp working. It's not actually blowing um, where you work with a torch. I was teaching this when I first moved to Chicago, I was teaching at the Lil street art center at Ravenswood and Montrose. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, when, what I learned teaching glass art is that it is the kind of art form that no one is good at immediately. Okay. You might have a natural eye for design or you might have like a steady hand, Mm -hmm. but you, every single person, you just have to put in the hours and glass is about um, light and transparency and Mm -hmm. um, depth. And um, you can just get the most amazing colors and you can just do the most amazing mind bending things with the, with the actual material. And it's so otherworldly, you know, it's like, it's a liquid that you can cut. And is it, is it a solid? Is it, and it's, it's breakable, but it's also super strong and yes, and super dangerous. Right. Super (laughs) fucking dangerous. That shit can kill you. I used to have like burns and scars all over my hands and arms all the time, cuts and yeah. People are like, who's beating you? It's like, no, I just fucking make glass pieces. (laughs) I'm an artist. (laughs) I'm bleeding for my art. Can't you see I do this for you? What's the coolest thing you ever made? Like, did you, I mean, you, I know you said you mainly worked on a lot of beads and stuff, but did you ever do like another piece that was just kind of like, you were like, that's fucking cool. I like that. Like, I, I did. Um, this was actually, I hate to say it like this, but I haven't thought about it this way. This was almost like my swan song to glass because I don't do glass. Uh, I, um, you turned your back on glass a few years ago. You're done with glass. You and glass broke up like, fuck you glass. I'm done with you. A little bit. And it wasn't so much like a fuck you, but it was kind of a like, I am spinning too many plates. But to answer your question, I had this um, amazing project just fall in my lap. And um, there uh, was a woman who was a uh, donor for the um, not-for-profit that I worked for, Ignition Mm. Community Glass, ICG.org. And um, (laughs) she, she wanted to commission a piece for her kitchen and it wasn't one piece it was 13 pieces Mm. um it was a it was like a collage type thing it was like um kind of hard to explain it was going under her upper cabinets and above her her countertop okay and she um had um this enormous kitchen this beautiful house she was very um she had this incredible artistic eye she had all of these amazing art pieces in her home and her entire kitchen is just like white. Everything Ooh. is white, white, super modern, Ooh. white, white, white. Ooh. Like really white. And so she had this idea where she wanted, it was almost like a backsplash, but it was 12, 13 one foot square like tile things. Okay. And so we didn't blow them. We actually, uh, we, we did glass fusing, which is where you cut the sheet glass and layer it and then put it in the kiln flat and then it all melts together. Oh, cool. So she helped us design the 13 panels. And then I worked with um, three or four students from um, our program 
to make them come to life. And they, they're gorgeous. Oh, that's and awesome. I went and installed them in her house and she was just so, she was just over the moon. She loved them so much. Um, she actually had um, a degenerate or has a degenerative um, uh, eye issue, disease condition. Okay. And it, she was a very artistic person is she's still around. Um, and uh, uh, it was like her, one of her last projects and we designed them specifically very bold so that mm -hmm. she could continue to see them. And it was just extremely rewarding to, <sighs> to work with her, to work with the students, to bring, to be able to kind of translate her vision into this beautiful thing. And it was also it, like, she donated a big chunk of money to the organization. And mm -hmm. it just like, it was so cool. That's that amazing. Was, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's nice when you can find a project that's not just like, it's like, oh, I did a fun project, but it has so much like meaning behind it and is oh, something yeah. that, that means a lot to an individual that really like, I had this idea, I'd like to do this and you get to work with them to bring that to life and see how it touches them and how it, how, you know, advances them, their emotions and their feelings. It's just, that's wonderful. That's awesome. That's, that's a great project to finish out on. What a wonderful swan song. And then you're like, fuck you glass. I'm done with you. <laughs> ah! I've done, I've done it all. It's beautiful. Now I'm moving on. And you moved on into a section of your life that is right up there with your singing. I mm. <laughs> like you're, I think, like I said, you're one of the most amazing singers. Mm. I think one of the, uh, the, one of the few people that I know that matches you on the same level is our friend, Amber, your singing mm. partner. You could, you two together are just <laughs> phenomenal. I could listen to y'all all day long. Uh, but you are also an amazing, amazing cook mm. and you have slid into that world in again, I don't know how you like you. You were like, ah, oh, what else? I'm done with glass. I think I'm going to start working in uh, the food industry because I'm really good at that <laughs> stuff. And I and uh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then you just started doing it. Um. So, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you are working for a company called Urban Accent Spices. That's a local correct. Chicago company. Uh, what can you tell us about the company? Um. Well, it is uh, a a like a food brand mm -hmm. that we make um seasonings. So, um, things like, you know, seasonings in a bottle, or sometimes we have what we call recipe tents where it's like this little cardboard tent thing that has a recipe on the back and a beautiful food photo on the front. And inside is like the key to the, the recipe. Okay. Um, we distribute all over the country. So you can find us at Jewel, Mariano's, Kroger, Walmart, Costco, uh, any major grocery chain all over the country. Um, and, uh, they've been around for about 25 years. I think this is their 25th anniversary this year. Really? I thought it was a newer company when you first got on with them. When I first saw it, I thought that was a new company. So they've been around for a long time. So it is a situation where it's like, Hey, uh, do you want like, I, I don't know, Creole shrimp? It's like, here's all the stuff you need for it. And this is the Creole seasoning. So you don't have to go find it, buy it or mix it yourself. Kind of like if you're looking for this, here's the seasoning already. You just put it on your steaks and it's 10 times a thousand better. That's exactly right. And it also, um, it'll give you the recipe. So when you buy it at the store, it's like, okay, well, I also need to buy an onion and a lemon. And these are only the four. They're kind of like, um, we call them participative convenience. Okay. Items. So it's like not a convenience item like a frozen pizza, 
but it is something that makes, you know, getting dinner on the table a little easier if you're stuck in a rut or if you aren't super confident in the kitchen. Um, so it's seasonings. And then we also do sauces. So we have some like awesome taco sauces mm. and some like marinades. Um, they, uh, their slogan is we've got your back in the kitchen. I looking at the website and your website, I had to bring up mm. these two points because I have to ask you about them. Okay. Um, it says that you are the creative development chef. Mm -hmm. What does that entail? That's part Ooh, one. Well. There's, there's a second one that I'm going to ask about because it's, it's the one that I'm actually I'm also really interested in. So, but this creative <laughs> development chef, I'm intrigued. What does, what, what do you tell me all about that? It sounds um, very so fancy. It's a small business. It's only about 13 full-time employees. There are also part-time people who work in the warehouse. Um, but for the most part, it's a small team. So we all wear lots of hats. Um, but I'm pretty much the only one who cooks. So we have a full kitchen in our office. We have a kitchen and then we also have like a photo video studio. Mm -hmm. um, so I do all of the cooking for any of our testing. I'm also a part of the development, uh, like the product development team. So having, you know, ideas for new products and then being like, okay, well, we want to do this but we want it to have these flavors and we want it to be this kind of recipe. Um, so I, I help develop the products and then I also um, develop the, like the recipe on the back. So the package instructions for all of the products. Um, I so if also, I go buy a package of the seasoning and there's like, here's the recipe more than likely that was something you were like, here's the recipe that I wrote. Yes. That's awesome. That's yeah. That's awesome. So anybody can have a Sarah Beth meal. I think that's fucking great. Ah! And I think that I, lo I love the fact that you're helping like that you being able to create that, that that's a different side of the arts, I think, and which is wonderful is like you're moving, you're moving from art to art, to art, to art, there's acting, there's singing, and then you're moving into glass and now you're moving into food and not just yeah. like, Hey, I made some food. It was like, no, no, I created some food. I created yeah. this food for this company now to sell to the public so they can also eat well. I think that's amazing. That's a, that's a, that's a great. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about too, that it was here is that you are a, a food stylist for urban. Ah, yes. Oh, please tell me what is a food stylist. <laughs> please tell me. I just a picture you like with a hamburger in a trailer, like asking this hamburger to try on different things. Like I really think the pink would work on you today. Cheeseburger and cheeseburger is like, I don't know. And you're like, trust me, go try it on. It's going to look good on you. It's very much like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So, um, so I cook for photography. So like if you were, you know, to go back to like the recipe tents or the bottles, when there is a photograph of food on mm -hmm. the product, I have also cooked that food and helped make it beautiful for the camera. Um, so things like, um, you know, it, anybody who's ever worked with a camera knows that what you see in real life is not necessarily what the camera sees. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually takes a lot of work to make real food look good on camera. And okay. of course it helps to start with beautiful food to begin with. Right. But you know, things like, I mean, all of the tricks that you see on the like viral Facebook videos where we're like putting, um, denture cream on something to make it stick in just the right place and where we you know every burger has like little rounds of cardboard stuck in it to make it stack up really um, i didn't know that part oh yeah oh anything you see any 
like professional food photograph that you see even on like Instagram that shit has that is not edible it has like <laughs> shellac on it it's filled with toothpicks there's probably like sponges and denture cream and oh wow all kinds see of i've heard of the shellac i've heard of them shellacking buns to make them look shiny and buttery and stuff oh, yeah. like that the denture cream thing is new to me uh, i've never heard of that what's the, so what's the i guess I, I lack of a better word what's the weirdest thing that you use to make your food look good. Like if you were like, if, if there was one thing you'd be like, if you told me, Hey, I put this on the food to make it look good. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You use what? <laughs> what is that? I thing? mean, I think I probably already said it with the denture cream. The, denture, the denture cream, cream is great because it's, um, you know, it's like, um, it's meant to make organic things stick to organic things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the inside of your mouth is like damp. So what so are you, what are you sticking? Burger is a, what are you sticking with the denture cream? Like, <laughs> well, say like, um, the, um, like recently we shot a burrito uh -huh. and in order to keep the tortilla flat against the tortilla, oh, well, like, the fold over. The, yeah. The fold. Yeah. So the fold over. So to get that to stick and to stay where exactly where we want it, you put a little denture cream on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's like food glue. Yeah, Just totally. And it's, there's a lot of like, you know, you get your tweezers out and you make sure that this little tiny hunk of purple onion is perfectly placed to balance this other tiny hunk of purple onion. Think about any kind of styling. And this is something I've had to like learn. Mm -hmm. Any kind of styling in any magazine photo that you see, the whole point is to make it look like you did nothing. Right. So people have no idea the amount of work that goes into making it look like you just threw the purple onion in there. It's like Jennifer you know? Aniston's hair. It just looks like she just yes. woke up, but it took hours for that to happen. And so many cuts. Exactly. Gotcha. It's styling. It's styling. Yeah. A lot of styling. And I work with the senior art director at Urban Accents, who is a photographer and kind of our main stylist. Mm -hmm. So I'm the cook and I am a stylist assistant there. Gotcha. Um, but she's the photographer. So you've got the photographer whose job is to know the camera in and out and to know the light and how to capture the shot. And then the stylist is there to, you know, make sure that the food is right and to work with the photographer to make the whole thing happen. That's amazing. It's, it's, and all that for just like a quick photo that somebody's going to see and be like, Oh, I'm going to make this later on. Cause it looks fucking delicious. And little do they know yes. it's hours and hours of work <laughs> to make that hamburger look as fucking delicious as it does. And yes. it's probably filled with sponges. You have taken uh, on to yourself. You were, uh, you were rocking Twitch at first, but you've moved mm. away from Twitch and moved uh, strictly into private zoom. You are teaching online cooking classes now. Uh, and so far from what I've seen, you're, you're the biggest one that's uh, people most popular, I guess would say is your, um, your biscuit class where you're teaching people how to make homemade Southern style, delicious looking fucking buttery biscuits. Was there a certain thing where you were just like, fuck it, I think I'm going to do this one day. Or was that a goal that you had set for yourself where you're like, you know, I think I kind of want to, because I think you are, uh, a wonderful personality to, to deal like when I saw that you were doing your own cooking shows, I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Someone give her a fucking job at a network, please right now, yes, because please. if anybody should have a cooking show, it's you. So are you kind of like moving into your own like spot where you're like, fuck it, I'm going to kind of just make my own cooking show. Or are you, uh, 
I have so many questions in this one thing. So let's start <laughs> off with the classes, your Zoom classes. You are offering um, your biscuit classes for sure. Um, is it that, are you uh, offering a big array of classes? And what is your like mainstay that you'd like to do outside of the biscuits? Hmm. Talk about um, all those things. I'll be right back. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, the biscuit class is the first one. And it kind of came out of, um, I wrote a show with my friend, our friend Amber, that we have talked about many times mm -hmm. and another friend, um, Will and Alex. Um, and we did a show called Biscuit Broads and we just had this idea to do like a dinner party musical. Mm -hmm. And so we explored that for a while and um, the dinner party musical kind of morphed into what we called a live musical cooking show. And it was all about um, biscuits and we told stories around biscuits and we taught people how to make biscuits. So I kind of already had the um, like biscuits was a natural place for me to start when it came to do classes because mm -hmm. I had already kind of figured out my recipe, you know, that I've worked on for decades. But I did a, um, a food media workshop for a uh, high school in the suburbs um, for a, an arts festival uh, okay. called Odyssey Fest that um, my friend and Chicago actress and um, producer extraordinaire Amanda Jane Long, who runs Along the Way Productions, um, hired me to come and teach two days of workshops to high schoolers about food media. There's like a continuing education program at the high school for adults. And they, uh, while I was there at the food media workshops, they asked me to teach a class for them. They're like, we have these adult classes and we'd love for you to come do a class if you ever want to. And I thought, oh, that sounds fun. I could teach biscuits and you know, it's just another way. I, I think of myself, so my job title at Urban Accents is um, creative development chef, but I, in my kind of self-employment endeavor, think of myself as a culinary creative. So that was in February of this year. Um, and I had a biscuit class booked for them in April. Ooh. And of course the world turned upside down mm -hmm. and that class got, um, canceled or, you know, postponed indefinitely. And then they called and said, We've, we're, we're moving everything we can to Zoom if you want to try to do it via Zoom. So I was like, sure, I'll do it via Zoom. And it was so fun. It was awesome. People loved it. And it was like early May when people were really just still, uh, you know, wrapping their heads around the idea of being home for so long. Right, and trying to get really, settled into that new life. Really, yes. And like trying to figure out how to still have a sense of community. Right. Um, and a lot of people did slide into cooking and baking. I noticed it was like, it was either like you became an, uh, you, you drank all the time or you were like, I made 14 <laughs> dozen cookies today. And you're like, somebody please take Or them. like, I am now a master sourdough baker. Right. <laughs> and it always seems like there was one thing, but everybody became really fucking good at it. So I can yeah. only imagine that that was perfect timing for everybody because it was probably also not only just learning how to make these amazing biscuits that you make, um, just, you know, having that, social connection at the beginning of everything. Cause you know, a lot of people do see people all the time and you go from seeing people all the time to seeing people no, none of the time. And I'm sure that was probably a wonderful, wonderful thing to kind of grasp onto. Um, yeah. So you've started now doing that on your own. So you've mm -hmm. branched out. Uh, how often do you do your classes and, and like what type of classes do you offer now? Um, well, I, I did start doing them, uh, on my own. So I, I already had a website and it, um, it pretty much just had some like 
recipes that I'd developed and some photographs that I'd shot or styled. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I hadn't really put my website to work until I started doing these classes. And so I started doing like open registration where you could go to my website, sbtcooks.com. So I was like, you know, just trying to get people to sign up, which is a lot of work, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of like, whenever I felt like I had enough people, I would schedule one and then I would just try to get everybody to, that had been like, hey, I'm interested to sign up. And um, a few months into that, um, a friend was like, hey, do you do group classes? Because I'd really like to get my work team together to do this because it sounds like it would be really fun. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do a group class. That sounds great. And then I realized if I can book a group class and I don't have to bust my ass getting people to sign up right. for the class. Yeah, yeah. So then I started doing like corporate group classes and that's almost all I do now. And I have like two a week. Really? Just like rocking. Yeah. So is this just local businesses that are trying to find ways to team build in the pandemic? Yeah. And oh, it, awesome. the, it's like something because, you know, for a while, especially at the beginning of this whole thing, teams were getting together and having like happy hour. And that's fun about four times. <laughs> so people were like, okay, well, we need an activity. We need something to do. And of course, people love biscuits. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the draw. Um, and what I have really figured out in my, you know, like I've been trying to like, you know, be a good entrepreneur here and figure out the real problem that I'm solving for people. And I used to think that my, my goal, my problem that I was solving was like, I'm going to teach people how to make something delicious. I'm going to give people a recipe that they can use every Sunday morning for the rest of their lives. And it's their buttermilk biscuit recipe mm -hmm. because it was my buttermilk biscuit recipe. Right. Um, and while there is still a shade of that right now, the problem that I have figured out that I'm solving is that. Um, people need something to do with their groups. So I have like, when I do a class so far, my best, you know, advertisement has been word of mouth. So right. like one class, somebody takes a class and they're like, this was awesome. I want to do this with my family, or I'm going to book something for my friend's baby shower, or I'm going to do this with my, I've like a couple of corporate group classes. Somebody has emailed me and said, I want to do a, you know, an auxiliary board for this something or other. We need something to do. So um, it's been a lot of word of mouth. And uh, right now I am booked through January and I am booking wow. into February and March now, which I'm very happy about. I'm trying to figure out what it means as we, you know, kind of progress into vaccine territory right. and people do kind of probably start going back to the office a bit. Um, but, you know, everything I'm reading and seeing is saying that people that the business is never really going to go all the way back to what it was, that there are still so. going to be people working from home. Yep. And, um, and these kind so of situations too, with these type of classes, I'm sure like, I'm sure that's still a, a draw from home to, to, to that kind of stuff from home. Because if I'm not mistaken, uh, kind of lead me into another part is that what's the rundown of the show? Because I mean, the show, the, uh, the class, because if I'm not mistaken, it, it's set up so people are actually doing this along with you. It's not just here's how to do it and watch me do it. And here's the recipe. You're, people are making these as you go, correct? Yeah. And class is about two hours. And at the end, everybody has a batch of hot, beautiful biscuits and they get to enjoy them together. So at the end, I tell everybody to, you know, unmute themselves and everybody is so impressed with themselves. That's the best part of class. 
is when everybody is so excited and they cannot believe that they made these biscuits. We make two slathers as well. We make a sweet citrus butter Ooh. and a hot turmeric honey. What the what? And we slather oh. and we eat the biscuits at the end. And it's just, it's like, it, there's a magic, magic, magic that happens in that moment. Um, uh, but people, yeah, people are in their own kitchens. And I have found that people really like this format for learning to cook mm-hmm. because they like to be in their own kitchen with their own equipment. That's such a great program. I mean, that's, and being able to do that from home and I've seen your setup online and it is, your kitchen is fucking gorgeous and you have a, a great you. setup. I love it so goddamn much. The thing that I'm most proud of of my setup and one of the things that I think differentiates me from other people who are doing this kind of thing is that <coughs> I <Losers>. use cameras. <laughs> the other losers um, doing yeah, I know. They're like I back you on that, Sarah Beth. I'm um, sure they're good. <laughs> but but yeah. I use two cameras. I have a I have a camera on my face because it is, you know, you said earlier, like, what's the show breakdown? I think of it as a show. And the yeah. one of the selling points is that like I'm an actor, I know how to put on a good show. Yep. Um, and I, at this point I have my I have my script. It's not a script, but it's like, you know, like I have the ways that I cue people to do things that I've learned how to say this so that this person can hear it and do it right and be successful. Um, and I have a camera on my hand. So it really is like, it is like, it's, this is going to sound so corny, but it's kind of a dream come true for me because like as a kid watching food shows mm-hmm. in it, when I was a teenager, um, like it is the, it is, it is the cook along cooking show where you can just be like, Hey, wait a second. I didn't get that. Right. Or like, is this what it's supposed to look like? Or- and that's, and that's because I know I, I like to cook. Uh, and I'll do a lot of stuff just from like, I wonder what, how it is to do this. And I'll look up the recipe online and stuff like that. And they're like, do it like this. And it's always nice to like, oh, I got it. But it's having that person to be like, is this what it's supposed to look like? Because I've, I've heard of like, I've, there's been times like, it's supposed to look like this. And I'll look at mine and I'm like, it, it doesn't look like anything like the way you described that. Is that what you mean by that? So having that person, like I can unmute, like, excuse me, Miss Tanner, is this mm-hmm. how this works? That's, <laughs> I, I think that's really, that's a really smart and you basically have a yeah you have an interactive tv show which i think is a really great thing to have when it comes to cooking so are you really just working on biscuits right now or do you are you incorporating anything else into Uh, i have um my buttermilk biscuit class which is the one that i'd um recommend for people because it's just a crowd pleaser any time of year Mm -hmm. um for like maybe an intermediate group or maybe for a group that did biscuits and loved it and wants to do a second class um, I do a seasonal galette class. Ooh, what's that? Um, a galette is like an open-faced pie pastry. Okay. So we make an all-butter pie crust, um, and then we make fillings. So so far, I've only done apple, but I'm really looking forward to spring fruits and summer tomatoes. Um, so whatever's in season, we'll just kind of make a filling. Right now, it's like an apple cinnamon filling, and then I'll do like a savory apple onion filling. We put that on the pie crust um, and then you fold the pie crust kind of around the edges so that the fruit is peeking out in the middle. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Oh, yes. And those look fucking delicious. Oh, They are and they're gorgeous. They're really having a moment on food Instagram, which is why I wanted to do them because they look very complicated, but they're actually super duper simple and doable. Um, So seasonal galette class. Then I have um, what I call like a, sh- a savory option. It's a caramelized onion and steak crostini. Mm-hmm. 
So we caramelize onions um, and we add some gorgonzola cheese. So it gets like funky and sweet and creamy and so, 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 so good. We smear that on like some sliced uh, baguette that we toast. And then we'll nail the sear on a sirloin steak and like nail the temperature. So I coach you on like making the best steak you have ever made. Mm. <clears throat> And then we slice it and we pile it all on the crostini. And it's like just, it's like a really beautiful appetizer for whenever we can have parties again. Or yeah. it just like, I just eat it for dinner. <laughs> hey, sometimes an, an, an app supper is great. It's like what we're having. Uh -huh. It's like we're having four things. We're going to eat them all. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I got, I got I crab like rangoons. That. I got some egg rolls. It's like, <laughs> that's what we're having for supper tonight. Apps. So yeah. um, that's... Uh, I've also done a cocktail class Ooh. and like a cocktails and appetizers. I've done like a short cocktail class so I can customize. So like if you have, a, you know, I don't know. So people will just get in touch and be like, I want to do 30 minutes of a cocktail class before my holiday party. Like at the front, at the very beginning of my holiday party, I want you to teach us how to make a special cocktail. And then you can stay or they'll tell me like, you know, right. you can stay if you want or, but your, your job is over in 30 minutes. So I can customize is it through your website you we were talking we were talking a little earlier pushing the website uh is that the best way to get in touch with you to kind of see what classes you have coming up and to hopefully get something scheduled yes uh website there's a contact form at the bottom of every page of my website so that's the most direct way um you can email me sbtcooks at gmail.com um and also instagram i live on instagram if you love food instagram i am there always I am again so stoked for you because I mean I think that is such a wonderful perfect path for you and if I had my own network and a bunch of money you would have yeah. your own fucking cooking show fuck a Rachel Ray fuck all that <laughs> shit like I want a Sarah Beth Tanner show uh, where you're just crushing like everything just like anything from Southern Biscuits on up it's just I, I think you're just a fucking a super talented woman that I'm very happy to uh, to be friends with and get and to to know. It's just yeah, I love you to death. Um, Aw, thanks. After all that bullshit, now we're at the point of the show uh, that I like to call same three questions. And this is a section of the show where I ask all my guests the exact same three questions just to see a little bit more, just to learn a little bit more about them. Uh, so, Sarah Beth, my first question for you is this: If you could have one superpower, what would that be and why? Oh, what a good question. Um, I did listen to some past episodes and oh, now um, Michael Turrentine, I, I don't want to have the same answer, but I do love the idea of teleportation. Ah, no, you can um, have the same answer. It's totally fine. Teleportation. But I decided that I wanted to do something different um, because, and this is not a regular superpower. Um, this is just one that I made up. <laughs> That's great. Um, oh, this is my first, the first made up superpower. Let's do this. Okay. If so, I'm not a super like fashionista person. I wear like, I'm a jeans and t-shirts kind of person. And I, I, I love to, you know, get dressed up and stuff, but I'm always like, eh, I don't know what to wear, whatever. And I just, it takes so much time and effort and energy to like keep a wardrobe and to style yourself and all that. So if I could have any superpower, it would be, that if I could like magically snap my fingers at any time and have exactly the right like outfit, hair, makeup done, I didn't have to choose it. I didn't have to do it. I didn't have to think about it. And it was just like exactly perfect for whatever it is I'm doing. That would be it. 
I like that. That's a great superpower. And then once you've snapped your fingers and you look amazing, you can teleport to wherever you're going and, and never have to mess up yourself up in an Uber. It's great. That's perfect. Yes. I like that. Uh, question number two, actually kind of a little bit up your alley here. Mm -hmm. If you died and were reincarnated as a sandwich, what sandwich would you be? I would probably be a biscuit sandwich. Okay. What would be I probably your... am a biscuit sandwich. <laughs> what's, what's inside your biscuit sandwich? Like well, um, biscuits, obviously, but what's your feelings? I would probably go with a like pimento cheese BLT really? style, like a, like a bacon, egg and cheese meets BLT meets pimento cheese type thing all right okay on a right. biscuit uh and finally hey sarah beth blue or green blue 100 no i'm so sorry the answer is <laughs> green green uh oh darn oh fuck all those years in college and i got that one wrong uh <laughs> sarah beth, thank you so much for coming please let us know again um let us know where we can find your website and please let us know where we can follow you on social medias uh, so we can see all that beautiful food that you're making and then sign up for all your beautiful classes. Where can we find you? Yes, sbtcooks.com. You can find me there. Um, and that has all of the information about classes. I also have um, lots of my videos that I have done are there. Uh, and links to Urban Accents recipes and all the other brands I've worked for. Um, and sbtcooks is my handle on Instagram. Sarah Beth Tanner is the SBT, SBT cooks. And uh, yeah, I'm there all the time. Come find me in stories. That's where I live. Um, also, um, uh, Urban Accent Spices on Instagram. I'm there a lot too, because I, I do a lot of their um, content creation for um, their, their social media too. Sarah Beth, thank you so much for coming out and coming out. I always say that because it's usually, it's, I'm still not used to this pandemic thing. Everybody used to come out, but thank you for staying exactly where you are and turning on your computer and spending the past hour or so with me. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, you are so welcome. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Sarah Beth Tanner is a badass and she's fucking awesome. And you know how awesome she is, is that after we recorded this episode, she wrote me back and was like, Hey, I want to do some open registration classes in the next few months. So it's not a group. It's going to be single people can sign up and do some classes. So a bunch of people can get together and hang out. So I want to do that. But I also want to give your listeners a big fat discount just for listening to this episode. So if you want to take one of her classes, you go over to her website sbtcooks.com and sign up for one of her classes. When you do, use the code WTFRU and that's going to get you 50% off your class. That's right. I said 50%. Shot right down the middle. That's half. Half off. That's about a $20 value. So go take some classes, use the code WTFRU and that's going to get you 50% off your class okay open registrations happen about once a month and they'll rotate through her current class offering so make sure you're going to her website that's at sbt cooks that's s like sarah b like beth t like tanner cooks.com to get all the information you need and sign up for some classes go do it now well, that's about all the time we have for today. As always, I want to thank my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for rocking out this fucking theme song. It makes me happy every time I hear it. 
and to you. Thank you for listening and coming back every two weeks to listen to another episode. It means a bunch to me. Join us again for another episode when we sit down with another guest and ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.